0: Right, so, welcome to the Jason and Peely Project. Today, we have Chris Michael Harris on the show. Uh, Chris, he's built multiple seven-figure businesses. From his college apartment room, and then he had this precancerous condition that he really watched his business crumble. So he had to leave him really financial destitute with multiple lawsuits. And Chris immensed himself in health and wellness, treating and eventually reversing his chronic condition over the next four years. But doing so, he found the lifestyle changes and discipline he needed to make. Now he's on a mission helping people redefine what success looks like, how to achieve it. All by treating yourself like a performance athlete. You don't want to miss this. He dives in on how to use your best self each and every day. Talking about the topics that are really going to help you get out of your hamster wheel approach. Dive in and make an impact that you should be making today. Let's do this. All right, Chris. So how you doing? What's up, man? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to dive in here. You know, um, Apple reached out, told us about your story, and. And you've done so much, and, you, and the ebb and flow is that really fits in what we're talking about today in the, in the world, right? So, so it feels like every day we're 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 dodging and weaving, back and forth, and a lot of that really tends to how entrepreneurs need to focus and need to route their day, and we get lost in that in many capacities. And, you really reflected on on treating yourself as a performance athlete, which is it's kind of a different mindset than most people take into when you're thinking about entrepreneurship because it can go so many different directions. So lead us into that. How do you use that in your day to really be most productive to go after what you're trying to do? So
1: I think the first thing, and there's a lot of... Um maybe the worst cognitive dissonance around this. So a lot of people, and, and I I was guilty of this as well. So I think a lot of people enter into entrepreneurship and you're so fired up and jazzed for pursuing this thing that you're passionate about and creating something that you know, you're know, you spawning it out of midair, right? Like this idea that you have and turning into a real thing. And then you have the real pressures of, okay, now I don't have a guaranteed paycheck. I have no guaranteed means of income. I've gotta make it happen, right? And so I, there's a lot of sayings that I have, but my most favorite is that the dream dies when the bank dries, right? And so you are on fire to supplement your income, replace your income, and so on and so forth. That doesn't always happen as we intend it to. So when you have this combination of the, the pressure and the fear of failure on top of this, I really want to make this work because this is what I'm passionate about and I don't want to go back to a nine to five. What you end up creating is this um, this uh, Tasmanian devil-like uh, uh, impression of how you live your life and how you're pursuing it's chaotic right it's it's and sometimes it's not even controlled chaos it's just all over the place and so that can further uh manifest into a lot of different issues uh, albeit i experienced myself where you're working the 18 20 22 hour days barely sleeping uh barely nourishing your body you get some really bad dietary habits if you're eating at all jason i wasn't eating at all uh, in a lot of cases i would go i would drink that one of those resealable monsters i don't think i think bang's now a thing not monster but back in the day it was monster and then, dude that was my that was my nourishment for like the whole first two years of my business um and then the problem is is that when we establish those bad foundational habits for how we're going to run our business when we do experience the miracle, that, that experience, albeit takes longer than you think in my case it's happened re- re- relatively fast in, in, in relation to other startups, but we grew a thousand percent in revenue from year one to year two of my first business, in my early mid-20s, and we went from $48,000 our first year as an official business to half a million dollars a short, very short, I would say a year, but it was really more like eight or nine months, you know, very, very quickly. The problem is I established these really bad habits of neglecting myself. and are not, not protecting the asset. I think the big thing we overlooked about you overlook is entrepreneurs. You are the number one asset and you will be for a very, very long period of time. Eventually, sure, you the goal is to replace yourself and make your organization run as though you don't necessarily need to be there. But for that's gonna that's a long way down the road, right? And so when my business was sprinting, the way that I treated myself up to that point, right, when we're now a multi-million dollar company and I'm 26, 27 years old and I have no idea what I'm doing and figuring it out on the fly. Um, my business is now sprinting and I'm crawling. If that, my, my body was tapping out and we, we quickly discovered that, um, you know, just shy of my, my 30th birthday, we discovered that, wow, I've got a, a pre condition that if I don't address, I'll be gone by 40. And so I had to take a step back, move away from that business. There's a variety of different topics we can talk about with that. But the, the overall encompassing message that I could like present is, is that, you know, um, had I done the things that I should have been doing to protect the asset, uh, I would have been ready to keep growing with that business. Instead, I was tapping out and having to fight for my life, quite literally, because doctors were surmising I'd be gone by 40 or 50 at the pace that I was on. So we get that really wrong. Uh, and it's a very, very common misconception that I see amongst entrepreneurs. We really, I always say this we're on the beer and pizza diet, but you never put your business on the beer and pizza diet. You throw every amount of resources that you could at your business so that it could grow we don't treat ourselves that way so we really your performance and how you are conducting yourself early on and up until the point of massive growth and scale you are the, the growth you experience is the benefactor the beneficiary of you taking care of you and being the best version of you it's not just your effort I think we get that really really backwards and the more directly into your question um, I, I think that um, that's where for me the, the training my treating myself like a performance athlete uh, investing in myself making sure that I have a solid foundation with my productivity hacks and you know my, my success habits and all those various things. That's where that really comes into play because I had to learn the hard way
0: how important those things really are. So there's someone listening today who, who's on that hamster wheel right now that's mm-hmm. listening to you and understanding where they are and they feel like they're spinning out of control. But mm-hmm. there's that entrepreneurial feeling, right? Where y- you feel like you're too busy and you don't have time to even take that time to figure out how to stop yourself off that hamster wheel. Sure. What what is that? Because of course, you we're know, very happy to, to hear that you've been able to, you know, circumvent all all the issues that were coming right. to help. But for someone that hopefully doesn't have to get to this point or make the realization that they need to get there, what, what could be that first step to get themselves back off the ledge?
1: Yeah. So great question. Um, the the first thing is you want to aim for urgency, not desperation. And so I, I make that clear distinction because when we're in a point of desperation, that's when the stress just manifests nonstop, right? Uh, so there's a variety of different things that you can do to create urgency, but not desperation. Um, so you can you can put in, in you know, and it could be as simple as having side hustles, right? So you're working on your business full time, and you're Ubering, or you're you have an Airbnb, you have an extra bedroom. You need to make sure that whatever you're doing, that you are provided for, that you're gonna be able to put food on your table. That doesn't mean that you're comfortable. It doesn't mean that you're living lavishly, and you know, because you see the opposite side of that too. When people have a really comfy job, and they're you know, the, the, I don't want to say they're fully complacent. But building their business isn't necessarily a, um, uh, an urgent matter in their life and so what you find is that you have those people that are 10 years they're still quote-unquote working on starting their business right so whatever that looks like for whoever's listening whatever you know creates urgency in your life whether that's timelines and deadlines or maybe that's accountability partners or coaches or mentors or whomever that are going to hold you accountable into what you say you're going to do that's the urgency you need to create. Maybe you leave your job and you work part-time, so you're not gonna get rich, you're just gonna pay your bills. Well, that's urgency. Desperation looks like I quit my job because I listened to this interview with Chris, and he says, well, I need to go out and you know pursue my dreams and my passions and how great entrepreneurship is, and then you have a two-week personal runway. That's desperation, right? Because what's gonna happen is you're gonna fall into that slippery slope that I fell into, and it's gonna require you, because look, they call, it, they call it growing pains, not growing pleasures, right? And, and that's none more true than in entrepreneurship. You're going to have to relearn so much of what you've been taught. And not to mention that, but you're going to have to uncondition the conditioning that you've received throughout most of your life in school. And that's not to discredit higher education or any level of education. But what it means is that this is an entire – this I would say entrepreneurship is a lifestyle, it's not a career, right? And so you have to learn the nuance of how to be a successful entrepreneur, and that's going to take time. Truth be told, man, I'm still in this thing. I've almost been, I've been paycheck independent for almost 10 years, and I'm still learning stuff every single day. Things that I miss, things that, you know, so you want to create an environment that is conducive to you being able to continue to live your life not be under a bridge, right, and create all those unnecessary pressures for yourself. That you can build a foundation of something that you can build upon, right? So, uh, Damon John has been on my show, and one of the things that he said that was so profound to me is he said, take affordable steps. What do affordable steps look like for you? Live your life by margins, right? What's the next meaningful step that you can take in your business that is going to allow you to continue to transition out of the life that you have now into the life that you're creating for yourself? When we take these massive leaps that are not affordable steps, that's when we find ourselves in those bad predicaments. So whatever that looks like for you, I would sit down and actually tangibly draw up that action plan, right? What does urgency look like? What do I need to actually pay my bills? What Maybe it means I have a friend that just downsized. He was living downtown in an apartment that he loved. And he said, you know what, this doesn't align with the importance it is to me to start my business. So he moved about 20 minutes out of town. He cut his rent down to about a third of what he was paying before. Now that's all additional bandwidth. That's additional margin that he can live by. So I think that's the first thing that we really want to do is let's find out areas where we can create margin breathing room, but not pull ourselves so far away that we lose that sense of urgency of how important it
0: is for us to grow this business. You know, and you talk about that, and it, it's one of those points for us. It's always that point to say, okay, we, we sometimes we have to take off the the foot from the pedal right there, just to get yourself back in order, right? Because we feel like we just have to keep pushing, right? Yeah. So yeah. You, you come back, you're feeling better. You you start entering back into that stage. Was it hard to come back after just going so much, and then you know knowing what it put you into, or what was what was that piece that you said, okay? I, I, I've i learned what I've learned now, and, and now I have a lot more to learn, but I'm going, I'm ready to go back in, Was there a, a defining moment that led you back in.
1: Uh, so, we can talk about the health part of it, we can talk about the mindset part of it, we can talk about the emotional part of it, there's That's a lot of- mindset. Um, I think acid. mindset, because yeah. there's
0: a certain point where we get stuck, with, with our minds where where it, something happens to us and we no. don't want to get in that position again because it's been painful. Maybe not even to us, but the people around us. I, I think
1: for me, it was pretty obvious it was my health diagnosis. I mean, I
0: had I was, literally had
1: no choice whatsoever. Moreover, my body, you know, I had been in such a high stress state for so long. Now, to be fair and to provide full context, my health condition had been going on for 20 plus years and we just had gone misdiagnosed for a long period of time. But now, the business was the catalyst in that process right but for me it was very very easy it's very obvious to pinpoint that things but that thing in particular but i would say this though um the the, the big i think the big thing that changed for me was understanding the difference between uh, time allocation and impact right so so we have this really bad is and again this goes back to the conditioning with, with you know with all forms of education and even jobs right in your job if you're putting the extra hours and you work overtime what happens you get paid more money right? And that's not to say that entrepreneurship doesn't require time and effort because it absolutely does. However, however, this is a huge distinction that I had to learn that changed the game for me is that we want to focus on impact first, right? So when you're making your list, I don't want you to just write down everything that's required for you to do in a single day. Like these are all the things on my plate because the problem is with that mindset is that your list is always going to expand. There's not a fixed amount of things that need to be done in your business. That You'd spend hours and hours and hours every single day, and you still wouldn't get any closer because you're building a startup business, right? There's a never ending list of things to do. However, if we can compartmentalize that list, if we can break these things down into, here's my major initiatives, right? I've got four to five major initiatives for the year. What's it gonna take to get those four things done? And moreover, why are those four to five things the things we need to focus on? are they the true areas of impact meaning are they going to move our business forward more than anything else because there's hundreds and thousands of things that you could do what are the four that really need to get done right now so you can take the next viable step forward it could be issues related to hey man we really need to make a few hires because i'm just heavy lifting like crazy okay that's great What's your game plan? What are the areas of impact that allow you to have the financial bandwidth now with your company to be able to bring somebody else on? And maybe you have a strategic plan and you know, okay, you know what? Here's how much I'm paying myself for my business. Here's how much we need to get to so that I can also afford to bring somebody else in part-time. And we need to make sure that that's very clear and tangible. One of the biggest mistakes that we make in terms of analyzing impact is we keep everything here. And for those listening and not watching, I'm pointing to my brain. We store information in our brain. If you read the book by David Allen called Getting Things Done. One of the things he talks about is the mis- use of our brains we try to store information we treat it like a hard drive on a computer problem is we have 10,000 tabs of them we're trying to sort all of them your brain was not wired that way right so use something like a planner use something where you can actually jot down here are the things here's the plan here's the initiatives here's what's required to get those initiatives done and here's why they're the most important of all the things here's why these are the most important here are the goals that associate with that and then you literally just extract that out upon you know your quarter or how many weeks you want to get that done right And then you've got a plan. You've got a blueprint. Get that out of your brain. Stop trying to carry that around with you because when you do those things, A, for one, your brain's not good at doing that anyway. We know that scientifically. That's not even disputable. That's not my opinion. That's science, right? But I think moreover, the second point of that is that it strips you of using your brain to what it's really good at. So going back to that same resource in that book that I mentioned, one of the things that they found was that the brain is really good at things like critical thinking, problem solving, innovation, being creative, like all the things that we lose, right? Some people have this wonderful idea and they're sitting around before they leave their job and they're so fired up and they're this and that about it. They get into their business and three weeks later, they're like, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be because they've now depleted all that bandwidth. They had to just dream and to come up with ideas and you know, think about the market. Like, Don't devalue how important that time is and how important those efforts are. But when we bog ourselves down playing taskmaster and not focused on impact, there's no bandwidth left for that to happen. So you have to really manage yourself The way that you would manage a ceo and the way that i do that is i say this task would i pay myself or anybody for that matter not even myself would i pay somebody 950 dollars an hour to do this and if it if the answer is no then we've got to work through a plan we've got to figure out a way to automate it we got to figure out a way to delegate it or we got to figure out a way to temporarily not permanently eliminate it from our bandwidth right like it's just got it's got to be gone maybe it's a plan maybe it's another social media platform maybe you're like man i really need to get on pinterest Because it's really good as a search platform, and I think it's gonna drive people to my blog and get them on my email list. But right now, I don't have the bandwidth for it, and it's not, I would not pay somebody $950 an hour to do it. I need to focus on those $950 an hour efforts that are for me to do, that I'll always do, right? And treat yourself like if you're looking at like a chessboard, right? You are the most important piece on that board. You're the queen, right? I know the king is important, but the queen is the most powerful. Either way, whichever one you wanna use, whichever metaphor works for you. Deploy that piece when it's necessary and where it's most useful. Don't just try to be every piece on the board. And that's where we make the mistakes. And that's where we get really, really really caught up in the weeds. And we lose sight of what's going to move the business forward. And when we do that, the problem is, is that we're, again, hamster. that You can see immediately, you can see how that leads to hamster mode, Where you're just running around doing everything and there's no time for anything else. Which, I, I hate when a client comes to me. Usually they come to me when they're way down the road. And they're overwhelmed. They're exhausted. They're stressed. Uh, they've got problems at home. They're not involved with their kids' lives. They're missing soccer practices. They're, you know, And, and, and they're not making the money they are making before. And moreover, they're seeing their counterparts go off and buy houses and go on vacations, and they can't afford to do those things. The problem is, is when that starts to happen, you lose the zest and the vitality for what you're doing. And this right here, what I'm describing, more than anything else, more than idea, more, more than value delivery, more than value inception, whatever it is as far as your business entails, I believe that that right there, what I just described, that 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 issue is the primary reason that 95 percent of businesses fail in the first five years I, that number is debatable what's 80 percent or 95 percent. we don't know but it's a big percentage of people that don't make it in the first five years and i think that's the reason is because we just don't know how to fit in this new role and so we just do our best with what we know or what we learned before we default back to taskmaster mode You have to divorce your taskmaster, right? You have to give yourself
0: permission to do it. All right, so let's talk about real estate insurance. Tick Advisors dates back to 1898 and has become a diverse advisory firm anchored by expertise in protecting the assets of property management companies, property owners, and real estate investors. With well over a century of experience, Tick is well-equipped to bring leading-edge products based on risk management, robust coverage, and competitive pricing, which equals peace of mind by protecting what matters most to you. They don't simply sell insurance, but bring value by obtaining a deep understanding of your business, analyzing the protection required, and conducting extensive marketing and strong negotiation with insurance carriers for robust coverage at the most competitive price. They specialize in working with lenders to make sure all requirements are met to satisfy loan compliance and advise on the proper methods of risk transfer to protect clients from exposures outside their control. When you partner with Tig you are given access to extensive resources available through several national affiliations and are able to utilize state-of-the-art technology to provide the best experience by protecting your assets. Tig doesn't just understand insurance but brings years of experience from the property ownership side as well. Their advisors are fluent in owning and managing real estate and understand the challenges their clients face. They take care of your property as they would their own. Tig makes it better. Tig cares deeply. TIG delivers solutions. So if you haven't yet, if you have real estate, go out there, talk to a TIG advisor today. They'll be able to give you the best quote, the best options that they can provide to you. And that's where they bring the best service. I think I lost you there, man. It's muted. So that first person who comes to you here, that, that's had this point here where unfortunately they've gone way down the road, right? And then ultimately they come to you. And they're way past where they should be to make this, make this step. What's the first question, the first one or three things you make them identify just to get them back in
1: point? We've got to quantify your day, meaning we've got to sit down and we've got to make a list. And I use Trello to do this because I think Trello is a fantastic tool. There are various reasons. So I use um, uh, for my big goals, I write them down because we've, you know, statistically, we can show that when you write something down, physically write it down you increase your chances by 43% of it actually happening just by writing it down. So I think there's a lot of power to that. So I don't like using everything digitally. Like I love tool stacks and I love being able to use technology and what have you, but I just want to make that point that point real quickly. So when it goes go back to
0: where you were before with the dollar amount, correct? Of where you were before with them in terms of identifying their main tasks that were right.
1: Really- right. So, Right, so what we're gonna do then is we're gonna go to Trello. We're gonna use a we're gonna use a, a Trello board, and we're gonna we're gonna jot down literally everything you do. And the first list is everything you do currently in your day or your week or what have you. It's everything. Then we're gonna make a time allotment, Right? What do you think you spend?
0: If they have no idea,
1: then what I do is the next two weeks we have them time that. Right. So we'll say, okay, you're gonna use some kind of. There's a lot of online tools where you can actually time your your efforts, right? Uh, or you can just use. Uh, something that's analog, right? You could just use, or you could use the timer on your phone. You're going to start this initiative, right? Whatever it is, or this task that you work on, and I want you to time to see how long it takes you. You're going to record that you know, in your in this Trello list that you're going to make. And what we're going to do is, first, uh, once we have those times, we're going to see the things you think are most important. The things that you're doing, we're going to move your up and down your list, right? You can toggle things, you can pull them and drag them and drop them, stuff like that. We're going to move to the very top, the things that you think are the most important things you should do. And then we're going to qualify why you think those are the most important things and what goal is associated with those specific tasks. And sometimes what we find is that there's not a goal. Often I would say, I'm going to correct myself. Many times we find there's not a direct goal. It's because we put this false label on this importance or significance or impact that doesn't really exist. It's because. Oh well, Gary V. told me I need to be doing it, or or CMH, or whomever said I need to be doing this, and then I associated this value with this that is really insignificant, or it's not for where I am in this season of my journey, in my business. So we're gonna do that, right? Then what we're gonna do next is we're gonna figure out, okay, what are the things that we need to cut, right? So I have a process called the paid process, P-A-D-E. It's an acronym. So paid is prioritize. So we've got your list of things we're gonna do. We're gonna prioritize first. We're gonna pull those, you know, really, really the things that only you can do, the things that are nine hundred fifty dollar an hour type items, right? The things that you would pace a CEO to do. We're going to start treating you differently than what you've been treating yourself. You're no longer the extension of yourself in the business. We're going to treat you like you are an employee of the company because that's a big mistake that a lot of us make is that we expect things out of ourselves that we don't expect out of even our top employees. We don't treat ourselves that way. So we're going to pull it over. Under the first list is pay, pay, uh, prioritize. So we're going to put all those things only you can do that the most important that are associated with your specific goals and those areas of impact that we've already identified with your goal. Right? Next is Autumn, right? So a lot of people make the mistake of going straight to delegate. Like, well, I can't do this, so who can I hire to do it? Well, you may not be in a situation, right? And moreover, the problem that I see a lot of people make is they go when they go straight to delegate, when they hire somebody or they outsource it, they don't have a real system around it, and so you end up, it ends up becoming very wasteful, or the person ends up quitting the job because they're, they're, there's not a process. It's like you handed somebody a key to a car that hasn't been built you. So, <laughs> So it really, you create hell for that employee or for that outsourced partner where they really don't enjoy working with you. So when we first systematize something, and your system can be analog at first, your system can be just, hey, here's my sales process written down on a piece of paper. That's gonna help somebody, right? That's gonna help somebody come in and at least understand conceptually what you're trying to accomplish. But that step A, automate, is really, really important because what we wanna do is figure out, and this is gonna help with managing your, your budget, you should always be doing this. What are the tools that are out there? Because if I can hire a tool, I love human beings, humans are the best, but we're also very complex and very dynamic and, Truth be told we'll never we will never when it comes to systems right when it comes to actual systems we will never be as efficient as a machine because a machine is built to just be monotonous and do the same tasks over and over again moreover even if you could train a human to be that effective you would strip them of their humanity and the valuable aspects of being a human which are the creativity the problem solving the new ideas and innovation all the things we talked about so why would you strip somebody away from that type of impact in your business that doesn't make any sense so we want to look for tools right we want to build out a tool stack we want to look for people in your industry that are using certain tools how they're automating things and do the best you can right you can start small you can start with just one you don't have to go crazy and if you don't know much about technology that's fine just take your time and you'll figure out things as simple as having uh one simple email automation response is going to help you a lot I, at, at one point i had my entire sales script was 33 steps well we automated all but like four of those steps but we started with one we didn't go crazy Next is delegate, right? So now that we've got automations, you've got systems in place as much as you possibly can. And I'm gonna tell you, man, just with doing the automation part of things, you're gonna make your life a lot easier. But also too, you're gonna realize, wow, my business wasn't as stressful as I thought it was. Now that I have the right tool stack in place, right, have the systems in place, even if it's not a digital system, but an analog system. So that's a very important thing to note. Then we're gonna delegate. Then we're gonna say, okay, of our list, we've put, we put items under the P list, we put it under the A list, right? Prioritize and automate now okay can we delegate for this what's the budget for delegate? Like, maybe there are some things maybe you can bring on a virtual assistant for a couple of dollars an hour in the philippines this is what we started doing uh, or maybe you just don't have a budget at all okay fine then they go to the e-list which is eliminate, right? the things that you can't delegate or you can't, uh, or you can't currently automate okay fine then they have to wait till later it doesn't mean eliminate permanently just eliminate, eliminate it right now the reason i like uh, the reason i like frameworks and systems like that is because it holds you accountable if you don't have a framework you just try to do it all you fall back right into task master you gotta build a system, stick to the system, always keep tweaking it, always keep modifying it, always keep perfecting it. But if you have a framework to work with, it gives you some kind of framework or guidelines, it protects you from being your own worst enemy, which is often what I find with my
0: clients and often with myself. Yeah, we find so many times that we we're the link, right? That's pulling the business back, and yeah. we can't come to our realization because we figure, you know, we have that feeling that we have to do everything because we'll do everything best. And yeah, ultimately, yeah. when you do what you're do- you're saying right here, you will label the roles, label where you're going yes. in your business, and identify because we may be doing 50 tasks, and, and of those 50 tasks, just like you said, you get to e, eliminate 35 of them. Okay, you need them. The other 15, you're just doing because that's what you've done. And we right. can step back and say, right. okay do I need those? Like what have they produced? Cause now you can start using tactical approaches to this. Okay. So 35 um, steps are building my business, are creating, you know, 90% of my revenue and the other 15 yeah. are taking up 80% of my time and, and 10% of my revenue. Okay. So yeah. I can look at that. Right. And yeah. it's such a big point to just step back and, it it does it is hard because the appeal that people see from entrepreneurs is that you do have to grind. You got to be working, yeah. you know, twenty five hours a day if it's there, and put all that time and all that effort in there because that's what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. Well, in fact, if you can step back and say, but where did that come from, you know? And yeah. that that almost is like the the Instagram philosophy. Like I see someone with a big right. house and in and a fancy car. Well, that must be happiness, right? Well, that goes yeah. to the same thing with entrepreneurship. Well eventually i'm grinding something's going to become that that monumental moment for me correct right? yeah
1: you bring up a really good point that i want to highlight because i glossed over it somewhat uh, but you said something about data right like looking at the data um, and looking at you know, what's actually working look at your analytics so a lot of people when they struggle with you know identifying the areas of impact what's really working don't make that subjective right make make that make that analytical make that empirical right just because you assign a certain... Now, there will be some gut feelings. Like, I think this is something that we don't have the actual data to fall back on. Like, you started a YouTube channel, for example. But you know that long-term, YouTube is where you want to be because it's a search platform and you know a lot of your audience is there. Like, you're not going to have that empirical data that you're looking for. But, you know, uh, we try to remove as much as we can. So we use tools like Google Analytics or Hotjar or what have you. Whatever we can use that we can actually go through. And oftentimes, what you theorize is actually often not proven with your data. And I've made many mistakes where I've almost pivoted completely from an effort or initiative that I was working on. I looked at the data and realized, oh my gosh, this was gangbusters. I just didn't, wasn't doing something right. There was an aspect of it, like step in the funnel or uh, some, some form of what I was doing that just wasn't converting the way that it should and fixing that. Was a game changer. So I try to make things and make decisions based on data and numbers as much as I possibly can. And then the cherry on top, what kind of makes you really move forward is that gut feel, right? I have the data to back it up and I also have my gut feeling And that's a really, so I'm glad you brought that up because that was something that, again, I glossed over.
0: Yeah. And the power to that, right? So so now you have the data and you have the feeling. I mean, that, right. you, that's everything. Now, now you're you're driving, right? You're not just sitting there in the passenger seat along with the ride and the vehicle. It's just going whatever direction it's going. You're saying, okay, now I understand why I'm here and why. You might get back to where you potentially start in the first place, right? You start on this yeah. vision, and the vision many times get lost, right? Because you, you're the best baker in the world, but then you get so wrapped up into you know all the mechanics of accounting and, and back office right. and invoices that you you, you forgot why you're there in the in the first place. And probably uh, you know this 80 and 90 percent of businesses that fail it's because you got off track from where you started, right? Maybe That's you right. did have the best idea in the world, but right now. The, the idea is all the way over there. It's two right. miles away because you're here on this path that that you don't even know how you got there, but you, you're you not taking a step back. And you know, I love that. And when you do treat yourself just like you would, because the real powerful thing that you said here, which is so true is that we treat ourselves in ways that, that we wouldn't treat our employees, right? Yeah. Like you, you just, you put them on this path where like you wouldn't treat anybody else like this. So so why are you doing that to yourself? Right. Is it going to help you in the long run? Very, very rarely will it. What it's going to do is is going to put you in a position where you're not, when the time comes, you're not going to be your best self because you, right. you won't, you won't have the energy anymore because you've used all that energy on tasks that, that are, are your lower level tasks, not you, and your best self. Right. So, Yeah, Chris, I love this, man. This is great. I and mean, this, this really speaks to so many people listening. It really just, it gives it a point because you do not only just at, at a critical moment, but at all points, you need to step back and look at yourself. And so even yeah. when you go through this process, you should, and you have a recommendation, how frequently people should take checks and balances of themselves and their business. So I think you can operate with a certain framework, but
1: I, I typically would take notes on, you know, on a weekly basis about, you know, I'll, I'll try to grade my week, right? How, how, how uh, effective was I? How fulfilled was I in my work? Uh, I'm very nuanced with how I kind of assess how things are going. And I try to take note of um, uh, potential areas for improvement or things that I want to do differently, right? I think, and, and that way you have that to like refer back to at an any given time. Um, and, and it sounds overwhelming. Maybe people kind of sound like that's like really nerdy, like I'm you know, this uh, like I'm micromanaging myself. But truth be told, man, I think the big thing is is that when we don't do that, we also fail to realize the significance of the work that we did, right? So when you're actually grading yourself and taking notes and being objective and looking back in hindsight, Funny because the human brain and I had heard this stat when I was in school and I don't know how accurate it is but I'm sure it's accurate to a degree but within 24 hours I think you only remember like 10% of a message that you heard meaning the people that are listening to this podcast they're going to remember maybe 10% of it right and then less of it, the rest of it's going to just be lost in the abyss now that might be understated I don't know but the, regardless the point is is that if let's operate that it is somewhat accurate it, within a you know let's say 10 to 20 degree margin of error percentage wise um, even if it's only 30% at best right? The problem is, is that you you expand that on into your week or your month or your quarter, and you look back in hindsight, and you really lose sight of the things you actually did that you're proud of, the things you did that were productive, the things you did that you could have improved. When you don't have those inputs, that's a lot of inputs that you're missing out on, right? That's a lot of things in terms of data entry points or variables that could be added into the system to be able to augment and perfect the system. I want to retract that perfection point because you're never going to perfect it, but progression rather, um, you're not going to have those to be able to refer back to. So for me, Uh, To answer your question more directly, I think on a weekly basis, even sometimes daily basis, I'm really analyzing, okay, what's going on? How am I feeling uh, about this particular work? Is this what I should? So I'm constantly very observant, almost like being my own business coach. Uh, But then moreover, one of the things that we do is uh, every week, I'll meet with my business partner. Uh, I'm lucky it happens also to also be my wife, and we will assess those things together, right? So we'll make observations about each other, uh, things that we feel like, you know, you know, I'm really observing this about you. You really don't feel like you're really fired up about this, what's going on with that, right? So having someone else provide that that input is really, really important. If you don't have the luxury of having a business partner that's there with you, most of your day can see what you're doing, how you're struggling, things, and what have you. Um, that's where it'd be good to have an accountability group or a mastermind group that meets once a week or twice or once every biweekly every two weeks um, a business coach We really underestimate the significance and the importance of having these things in our life that is for the reasons that we're talking about here because a they've been there they have the wisdom You know in some cases they've already done the things and the challenges that you're experiencing But also two we can get so caught up in our own radicals right just really the blinders are up and we don't see those things one of those breakthroughs alone could lead to an ROI that has an exponential multiplier well beyond what you could imagine and surmise. And a lot of times you can get those things that are relatively expensive, like joining a mastermind group with fellow entrepreneurs, probably not going to cost you anything, right? So those are the things I try to do, um, and sometimes all of the above, right? I have a coach, I have, a, I have an accountability group, I have a mastermind I'm part of. And all those things really diminish the value of it. Uh, Dave Astor, I'm going to leave you with this on, on this note specifically. Uh, Dave Asper, I'm a big fan of, given the health avenue and the biohacking and all the stuff that I do now, but he said, we need to reframe the way we look at downtime because it has a, a implicit negative connotation, right? Like down, I'm not working. I'm being lazy. I'm being a schmuck, right? The, the thing is we want to reframe that to, to uploading time, right? When you have a new OS update on your phone, uh, you're, you're augmenting the experience you're going to have on that phone. There's some kind of improvement that's coming, right? And we don't look at ourselves that way to a large degree. Now, if your uploading time is 98% of your day, we got a big problem, right? Like, But I'm gonna assume that our audience here, more than likely is entrepreneurs and they're type A's and they're drivers, and so they need to give themselves permission to have that uploading off time, right? So when you're doing those things, even if it's just going out and I go weekly, I go out on my jet ski and I just, just getting away, I come back with, boom, all these crazy ideas and things that I just wasn't seeing because I removed myself from the equation, I removed myself from the situation to be able to have a little bit more perspective about what it is that I'm dealing with. So uh, I would look at those opportunities to, to do masterminds or whatever or or whatever that looks like for you whatever you decide to work on is you know planning too planning is underestimated it's severely underestimated severely undervalued all of that it's the same as what well, was Abe Lincoln or George Washington I remember which said you know if you gave me six hours to cut down a tree I take four sharpening the axe right like we have to reframe our mind around this because a good plan leads to exponential hours of just a tremendously productive work and you're gonna find. That you didn't fall into Hampshire wheel, meaning you focus your efforts on those areas of impact and you make significant windfall in the direction they're actually going to be for who the growth of your company versus looking back and being like, oh my gosh, I just sunk 30 hours into something that literally did nothing for me, right? So I think you really underestimate the value of all those things I just said, uh, but more specifically, the time really focusing and concentrating your efforts on what's going to
0: beget uh, the most impact. Yeah, it's it's, it's no um, doubt that when you go out there on your jet ski, your mind has the space now, right? Because we're not driving right. our mind to the point like right now. I need to make this decision, and your mind's shutting down because it's, it's complicated itself beyond where it could make a rational decision. You get out there. I do right. the same thing with my running. It's just things come to me that right. that I wasn't focused on at the moment because now my mind is, has time to catch up and saying, right. okay, now it's time for that. Before right there, I agree this is so useful. Uh, people are going to be able to put this in with themselves, in with their business today and and act upon it because it's it's one of those points is that this may be where you are right now, but this doesn't need to be where you finish and this doesn't need to be where you go. And this can be your chance right now at any point to to look at yourself where you're at and make that next change forward. So thanks so much for sharing with the audience. For people that want to connect with you, your team, best way uh, to connect.
1: Yeah, so on all social media platforms, we're at HeyCMH. My initials are CMH, like Chris Michael here. So at HeyCMH. Uh, You could also go to, we just, uh, I think we may have mentioned it briefly, but we did. uh, We do have a lot of different options of ways that you can further your education when it comes to startups specifically. We have, it's called Startup U, like Startup University. Uh, So you can go to getstartupu.com. We actually have a, I mentioned mastermind, we actually have a mastermind, digital mastermind of people that are entrepreneurs and pursuing their dreams and ambitions. But we have a lot of different free downloads and things you can check out there, including our ultimate startup checklist. Uh, if you're starting a business and you know you want to make it tangible and practical, there's a list right there. It tells you all the things we think you should be doing for every phase of your business. Um, so that's a great place to get started and connect with us further.
0: Awesome. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show. Super appreciate your time. All right, buddy. I enjoyed it, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right.